Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow, and on this show, I speak with artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And today, we're talking with a health and wellness expert about how to get off the dieting roller coaster. Welcome, Lisa Dahl. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, before we get going, I, who, who are we speaking to today? Who would benefit from listening to this conversation? Anyone who is tired of the word diet, they have been on one thing, off of another, tired of the rules, feeling defeated, and really ready to say, I'm willing to try something different and get rid of the typical diet mentality. And it's time to make a change. And why is it important to get rid of, what is the dieting mentality and why I guess your idea is that it doesn't work. <laughs> Tell us why. What is it and why doesn't it work? So based on experience where I started dieting when I was 12 years old and it went from weighing and measuring to everything that I put into my mouth. There was a good food. There was a bad food. If I ate something I wasn't supposed to eat, I, the mentality was that I felt awful. And I struggled with that for years. And it really wasn't until I became educated in the last several years that I really was able to change how I view dieting. And it's no longer about dieting and the number on the scale. It is about how do you nourish your body? What is it that you want to do? What do you want to be able to achieve? And when you nourish your body, you get rid of all those food rules and you think, how do I fuel myself? Do I what, do I need energy? Do I need to just feel physically well? How does it affect my mental and emotional state? So it really is about getting rid of the old world diets of the quick fixes, because if you say that I'm going on a diet again, it didn't work the first time. So how do you create sustainability and happiness within your life? And removing all of those rules is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I grew up in a household where my mother was on a diet, going to go on a diet the next day, every single day of my life. It was always, tomorrow I'm going on a diet. And that is a really big point. Or the person that wakes up in the morning and says, I'm starting my diet, they will have this perfect breakfast, they will have planned it, they go to the office or they go to their school function or out somewhere, and all of a sudden they've eaten something that's not on the diet. They're now off of it, the whole day is shot. And they think, okay, I now have until midnight and I can start over again, as opposed to thinking, okay, I ate something maybe that wasn't perfect and I can make it right with my next bite. It doesn't have to be this magic moment of tomorrow morning or Monday morning or New Year's Day. It is about trying to be comfortable and confident with getting it right 80% of the time because 80% of the time most often is good enough unless you're looking to have some competition or you're looking to compete, bodybuild, whatever that particular level is. For most of us, getting it right 80% of the time frees up a lot of those voices in your head and gets you through the day a whole lot healthier and happier. Mm -hmm. And can you also lose weight that way? Absolutely. <laughs> Believe it or not, learning to listen to your body without even thinking about what you're putting 
into your body. First steps are going back to the basics. Think about when you're growing up, we all are told that we need to eat breakfast before we go to school. We need to eat breakfast or lunch at 11.15 because that's when the bell rings. You come home at three o'clock, you probably have a snack and then dinner is at six o'clock. Nobody has asked you, are you hungry? You've looked at a clock, you've been told that you're hungry, you're following a schedule. Typically when you're eating a meal and you're growing up, the first thing or one of the last things that you do is that if there's food left on your plate, somebody will say, well, why don't you have another bite? Are you full? And it goes against our nature of learning to listen to our bodies. Our bodies tell us when we're hungry. And we have learned through society that we either eat by the clock, we eat by our emotions, we've lost the difference between identifying between physical hunger and emotional hunger, and by taking a step back and creating the awareness, kind of what we were talking about earlier, we then tune into what our bodies have to say. And awareness is the first step. It's not necessarily the total answer because then you need to figure out what to do with that awareness. So how do you go to the next step? Well, let's even stay with awareness. Like what does awareness look like? What does it feel like? What are, what are we actually doing to be aware? So some of it is beginning to understand what hunger feels like. And most of us really have not experienced true hunger that gives you a feeling of state of emergency. We may think at noon, I'm starving, I need to eat. We typically haven't experienced what 24 hours or 48 hours of true hunger feels like. And it's important to tune into your body and check in during the day. What does it feel like when you eat a meal? How does it feel if you leave a few bites on the table? Because there's a difference between feeling full and feeling stuffed. What does your body feel like an hour after you eat? On a scale of one to 10, where are you rating your hunger? And if you practice that over a period of three to four hours between meals, you'll start to understand the different sensations. Is your stomach rumbling? Do you have brain fog? Do you all of a sudden feel that your blood sugar may be dropping? So those are typical signs of true hunger. If you're in the emotional state and all of a sudden you finished and all of a sudden you're working on a project and you're stuck and think, okay, time to get up and I'm gonna go for a walk, I'm gonna go to my desk, you know, if somebody has goodies, walk into your refrigerator, look in the pantry, you're looking for something and it's instantaneous. If you're truly hungry, you have a little bit more wherewithal unless you've already gone from zero to 10 without cluing into those steps in between. And it's taking the time to start to figure out what is the relationship of when I am hungry and asking yourself those questions. It sounds silly and it's worth taking that time to take step back and be mindful and be aware of what your actions are. Am I really hungry? Am I stressed? Am I depressed? Am I anxious? What are the emotions? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I'll give you myself as an example. There are times that I am working on a piece of writing, usually it's writing, and I hit a point where I feel stuck or I'm not sure what I want to do next, and yes, I get up and I go and see what I can eat. Right. I know it's that. What does one do with that? Actually, taking a step back and being aware is the first step. and even some mindful breathing 
and it's creating a new habit. It's not breaking your old habit. It's thinking about, okay, what can I do? How can I make take a mindful pause? Sometimes it is just getting up, taking a walk around, going to another room, away from the refrigerator, away from the pantry, setting a timer for a minute, practicing some deep breathing, and that will often change your state of mind and give you a pause to say, okay, I've taken a step back, do I really need this? Or say, before I go scrounging through the refrigerator, I'm going to have a glass of water. It's, it sounds simple and we all hear it. It's about practicing it and, and trusting the consistency that it will come over time. Mm -hmm. It's not a magic fix. You have all that history that is part of your neuropathways in your brain. How do you start to change those? And it's by making those small changes and the, it starts with the awareness and thinking about this is what I'm going to start to do and I'm going to practice it and I'm going to start to be consistent with it. And over time you develop a new pattern. Mm -hmm. That sounds nice and I feel like I have some great ideas to try out. <laughs> so how, does, how do you define self-care and what is the relationship with that? And, and food? So self-care comes in so many different forms and it's not about creating the to-do list. The last thing that we all need is another list to wake up in the morning and say I need to do this and I need to do that. Where it, it's taking a look at what does self-care mean to you? And granted typically as women we think oh manicures and pedicures and those are wonderful. How do we create a self-care routine during Monday through Friday as opposed to that prize that feels really great on Saturday. And a lot of the components are about how do you nourish your body? Where can you add movement? No longer is it an award that you win a prize if you only sleep four hours. And how do you mentally start your day? What is your state of mind? What are you grateful for? And trying to add those components one small step at a time is where it begins. And everybody's beginning point is someplace else. It's not about what my goal is or what I view self-care is. What is your self-care? Where do you think what you know about health and wellness and food and nutrition and sleep? What is the simplest thing that you can start to do right now or tomorrow morning that's going to start to make a difference in the continuum of your self-care. Right, right. So I know, for instance, let's say you mentioned movement, and a lot of people may feel, oh, I have to make sure I take a class, or I have to do 30 minutes a day. And I started something for myself where, you know, if I do five minutes, I'm going to say yay. And I like to dance, so I'm going to put on a piece of music. or. When I'm brushing my teeth, I got into running. I can brush my teeth and run in place. And I love that, and I make sure I've just moved my spine in every direction, get into a little, just 10 push-ups or whatever, so a few sit-ups, and I say, at least I did that. And if I do more, great, but I have this morning, what is it called? I would say it's a non-negotiable. That's amazing. And it's small. It's so small that I can't help but succeed every day. And you hit on a couple of key points. That you've created something that you say, I can do that. It's on a scale of 1 to 10. That's your easy. You have created those things that work into your daily routine 
that they don't seem too big, like how am I gonna fit it in? Mm -hmm. And some of the simplistic things are, where do you park your car? Mm. And a new term that I've heard recently is nutritious movement. Ooh. How do you nourish your movement? And it's not about those classes. If you've never exercised, the last thing you wanna do is go into a gym. I'm a personal trainer. I'm intimidated going into a gym. I like to work out by myself in my, in my own personal studio. And that's what attracts my clients to me is that it is in, in a private space and it's about what their movement looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's strength training and nobody's watching, nobody cares. It is about what makes them feel good and how to get functional movement back into their everyday life. Mm -hmm. I've worked with clients that never have put on sneakers before and starting their movement is coming home and just putting on a pair of sneakers, just getting comfortable with those feel like. Sometimes it's just going outside and feeling fresh air. What is it that's going to be that next step? And then I have clients who, I have one person who um, I just absolutely adore and he has decided that he loves to dance and he has created a space in his house that at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, he puts on music, he dances, he sends me messages that he's gotten 16,000 steps and that's what makes him happy. It makes him feel good. So it's about creating movement that makes you feel good from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Depending on what your goals are, it all changes. Starting somewhere is what puts a smile on your face. What makes you feel good? Um, I recently broke my wrist in the fall and it's been a lesson on what progress looks like. And you know, one day I can do X and another day I couldn't do anything. And when I got my cast off, I thought, oh, I should be able to do all these things again. And all of a sudden lifting a one pound weight felt as if I was picking up 50 pounds. And it's starting small and being okay with that process that it does take time. It's not about perfection. So it's not this all or nothing mindset. It is anything but the all or nothing mindset. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of like review of what that mindset feels like in, in your day or what you recommend for people in their day to have that? Um, what yeah, I love it. What did you say? It was something about ease. The um, I'll have to go back and watch this again. I don't remember. But you know, you're easy. It's your easy. It's right. What is, on a scale of one to 10, what does your easy look like? Yes. So when I work with clients, if somebody, if we're talking about something in particular and I say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, where do you rate that? If they say a five or a six, that's too hard. Let's dial it back so that they look at me and they say, oh, I can do that. And that becomes their easy. And it gives them something that they can walk away with and feel successful. So it's about understanding what is best for the client. It's not what my goal is. It is trying to figure out what is their easy because their easy and my easy are two different things and it doesn't matter what I think is easy. Um, one of the best ways that I can describe that is when somebody gives me directions and they'll say, oh, why don't you just go north on Main Street and then you need to go west here. I'm lost. And I will try to say, I need you to tell me three blocks on the left, I need to, uh, three blocks up, I need to turn left, because that's easy. You tell me north, south, I don't know which direction I'm going. And that to me is the huge difference, is that that's a zero for me. You change how you communicate, 
and all of a sudden it's a 10 and I can find where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So it's creating that path so that people can find their easy to get to their ultimate destination. Mm -hmm. So let's go back a little bit to the weight loss. And you say that following this process and way of being will get you to where you want to go. Why is that? Because it's sustainable. It is, it removes the deprivation because the more that you think about, I can't have this, that's where your brain goes. All they think about, or we all think about is, I want this, I want this, I want this. So by, by working through listening to your body and making those small changes, they accumulate over time. It's that 1% movement, it's not drastic. If somebody comes to me and says, I want to lose 10 pounds in 30 days, I'm not their person. And sometimes you don't even see where the progress is. Sometimes it is in the back of your mind where you are working on what you're ready, willing, and able to do until you get to that next point of what you can do and that you can do it sustainably. So it's really important that you measure progress and success, not just by that number on the scale. Is it energy? Is it the voices in your head? Are they getting a little bit quieter? Is it the empowerment that you feel that I can get through the day and I can identify those small successes? So it is a long-term sustainability. It's creating a new lifestyle. It's recreating how you want your future to look. So how do we recreate those thoughts in your, our heads? You know, like you mentioned that. It's language. Language is huge. If somebody says to you, you have to go on a diet, how does that make you feel? Bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> just look at your face was like, don't make me do it. <laughs> if I said to you, we're going to work on nourishing your body, how does that make you feel? Uh, more enlivened. Right. It's a positive word. It's a beautiful word. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel more positive. Mm -hmm. So it's working on your use of language. It's working on your self-talk. It is working on those small things on what are you ready, willing, and able to do. And you need to come in knowing that you are going to have to make changes. And changes can be and will be uncomfortable. And you have to be prepared for that. It's, it's a process. And change comes with unknown, which again makes people feel uncomfortable. And it's really your mindset on what are you ready, willing, and able to do? And are you ready to change that talk in your head? Mm -hmm. Self-compassion goes a long way. How, do, how would you talk to a friend who's going through something that they're struggling? And how do you use those words and talk to yourself so that you begin to be a little bit kinder and gentler and more patient with yourself? So it's, the food is one thing, but it's not all of it. It is, I, I don't tell you what to eat. It's educating you and helping you understand how to make the best choices. And it's on a continuum. You might not be ready to make the best choice. Are you ready to make a better choice? Mm -hmm. Great. So do you have any stories or, I know you work as a, you work privately, you do workshops. Yes. What, what do you, what have, what are some of the results or experiences that people have had? in following this? Um, one of my favorite stories is I work with a client and for the first six months she's been struggling with weight forever and 
it really wasn't about the movement on the scale. It was about developing trust and that one of the nicest things that she ever said was that when we talk, she doesn't feel like I'm sitting there in judgment and that how the week went, we learn from the challenges and we highlight the bright spots and all of a sudden things started to click and now she's on that slow and steady weight loss and it's not magic and it's been a long time and the results are starting to add up and when you see her and when I talk to her you can just see that her self-confidence is coming through and her energy level is better and she's starting to exercise and that is where the magic happens that it wasn't just this magic number on the scale it was able, able to identify some of the other things that made a difference and are making the difference in her journey. Mm -hmm. And it's going to still be a continuing process. Mm -hmm. And it's being okay with seeing yourself as a whole person and not just by stepping on that scale and ruining your day. Mm, yeah. So it sounds like there's a process of trust yes. in yourself and a building of confidence. Yes. And it happens. It does. And they have to become more confident with themselves. And that if, if they don't lose weight that week, our bodies are not perfect. And that's, again, where it's about progress. What did you do well? Or what did you look at this week and thought, hmm, I could have done that a little bit better. Next time, I'll understand it. Or hindsight is, wow, I never really made that connection and going forward. What does it look like? I just had a conversation um, with another one of my clients and she goes out to eat on the weekends. And how do you go out to eat, enjoy your company, and still be able to eat without guilt, nourish your body, and feel like you have met your goals of what your intentions were for that weekend? So it's learning how to make the better choices no matter where you are. Mm -hmm. And just working through a menu on, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Oh, I can eat that. That makes perfect sense. And you can make McDonald's a success. And it's just breaking it down and having a sounding board and understanding where those changes can be made in your particular space. Yes, yes. So how do people, how do people find you? I am on Facebook. The name of my um, business is A Studio at 68. I have a website, www.astudioat68. And I also work with an organization called Vesta, which helps men and women navigate life before, during, and after divorce. And my specialty there is they're one of their health and wellness professionals focusing on self-care, on how to manage and take care of yourself during one of the more stressful times in your life. Yes, that would be. Yes. <laughs> so self-care comes in all different packages. Uh -huh. Well, one of the things I love to do with my guests is ask them to pull a card and just kind of jam on the sentiment, whatever it means in, on your topic. Organization. So this is, that's an interesting one. Organization comes in many different ways. And 
where you can be organized in one space and disorganized in another. And organization with my clients is really about creating a plan for them to be able to follow. And it's being able to map out what next steps are. So organization is more than just neat little piles on my desk, which would be nice, because I can't say that that is my forte. <laughs> <laughs> um, organization in daily life and daily tasks is something that's very easy for me. And working with my clients and keeping them focused and working on next steps is how I help keep them organized and focused. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, because I can imagine that in a place where I or anybody may feel like subpar, there's a sense of disorganization in that area. So kind of like uh, taking the pieces apart, finding the easy in right. each of them yep. makes it feel more organized. Exactly. Take the noise out, focus on what you need to focus on and just put it one step at a time. And where there's disorganization, let's break it down, get rid of the chaos, and see what you can work on today to make it a little bit easier. Okay, that's wonderful. So you do work online. I do. So anyone can reach out to you for support? Yes. So I do, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I also have an amazing online personalized program that is step-by-step -step with daily emails, support, combined with one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it helps work through accountability and building habits. And it's one of my favorite modalities on Way to Work. Um, so I love the one-on-one, -on -one and I get both with my online personalized program. Well, thanks so much for sharing your perspective on how to make taking care of ourselves and living a better life. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I have so many new ideas about how to take care of myself. And if you need to take care of yourself as you are going out in the world, putting yourself out there, maybe a talk, I have something for you to make it easier. And that is a guided visualization for speaking confidence. You can get that at my website, lindayugalow.com forward slash speaking confidence. And I hope you join us for the next episode of Women Inspired. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.